0: we take back the church from the religious scribes and Pharisees and Sadducees who look down at people because they didn't grow up how you did and they don't know the hymns and don't know the songs I came to tell you that God will leave the 99 and go after the one come on one of the things that happened when I was growing up is that preachers were hard on people that had tattoos I told you I'm digging I got a big show tonight How many of you remember that? Maybe you still have connections with people that still believe that way, but let me take you somewhere real quick because I can't stand it when people use the Bible and don't know it. Leviticus 19, 28. You shall not make any cuts in your body for the dead nor make any tattoo marks on yourself. I am the Lord. I get it. Okay. Now, if you have a tattoo, raise your hand. If you got two or more, raise your other hand. Now, watch Leviticus nineteen twenty-seven. Back it up one. You shall not round off the side growth of your heads, nor harm the edges of your beard. Okay, look at this. Nineteen nineteen. You are to keep my statutes. You shall not breed together two, sides of two kinds of cattle. You shall not sow your field with two kinds of seed, nor wear a garment upon you of two kinds of material mixed together. Now it's amazing how church people can talk about us not getting tattoos, but the Bible is also in this time against shaving and wearing clothes with mixed fabrics. And in Leviticus 11, it says you shouldn't eat bacon. Now here you got Christians against people getting tattoos, wearing tattoos, while they are wearing polyester and eating bacon and egg sandwiches with their hair all done up. So you got judgmental Christians against Christians with tattoos, with polyester outfits, eating bacon, egg, and cheese sandwiches in their hands while they're being judgmental. And my problem with the church in this last generation has been the people will pick out the verse that suits them the best, but they're pork chop eating hypocrites. I'm sorry, I'm saying it, and I'm digging ditches tonight. Shaving your armpits and your legs, but you you say God can't reach somebody with a tattoo? They get on my nerves because they're people who are trying to get inside the household of God, and the church has been getting in the way. I'm tired of them. Judgmental Christians who pick one section out of the Bible and think that people who have tattoos are going to hell while they're slapping sauce on their pork chops and ribs, putting them on the grill. The insiders have been the ones getting in the way of the outsiders. And now the church can't grow the way it's supposed to grow. And we keep blaming other religions, but it's not other religions. People are seeking out other religions because the people who have the answer have been the problem. My God, I'm preaching. When the woman had the issue of blood, Jesus was telling everybody to get out of his way because he felt virtue leave his body. He knew somebody touched him. Well, Jesus, she's unclean. Well, and you think you're not? You think you're not? See, the difference, Peter, is your sin hasn't come up yet, but I already knew uh, Judas, so go ahead and get out of the way. What you do, do quickly. You better be careful when you judge because your stuff and your tomorrow hasn't arrived yet. You haven't gotten to the place where, you, where, where you're between a rock and a hard place and, and, and you didn't know what to choose yet. There are people in this house of worship, we ought to just be glad they are in the room. Come on, somebody. I need you to understand that a suit doesn't get you saved. But pastor, what about your church clothes? Jesus didn't wear no suit. Jesus didn't have church clothes. Come on, you grew up and you had your church clothes. Come on, am I talking to? Come on. What is that? Jesus wore the swag of his time, right? Everybody wore robes and sandals, and Jesus was all swagged out. So Jesus, when I was in our time right now, he'd probably be wearing ripped jeans. Come on. T-shirt, probably got some Yeezys on. See, we got, this, we got this understanding, and we think that if Jesus was walking the face of the earth right now, he'd be looking like the image of what he was thousands of years ago. But we've locked Jesus in the box. And when Jesus was headed to the cross, he calls Peter Satan. Why'd he call him Satan? Well, because Peter, Peter was trying to keep them from crucifying him. Well... If he didn't get crucified, we couldn't get saved. So actually, Peter, getting in the way, and he didn't know it, so Jesus called him Satan. Why? Because the church got in the way. Why? So he called Peter Satan and Judas friend. What? What? Peter, upon this rock, I will build my church. Judas, you are my friend, though you betrayed me wait a minute. Even though Judas was doing a devilish act because at least he was getting Jesus towards his destiny. See, he calls Peter Satan because he was getting in the way. The holy of holies in the tabernacle. The Bible tells us that when the priest would go in on the day of atonement, he could only go in once a year, once a year, but then he would tie a rope around his waist and put a bell on it. And when he would go behind the Holy of Holies, he could only do it on one day and he had to be clean to do it and go make the sacrifice for the the propitiation of sins. And if he didn't get, if he didn't go in on the right day, the glory would kill him and they would have to drag him out. And the way that they knew he had died in the presence of the glory is when the bell stopped ringing because he would stop moving. And they'd have to go pull him out of there. Then Jesus comes and he says, I'm doing away with that. I don't need a veil because now I'm going to give everybody in the church access to me. So I'm going to cause the veil to be ripped from top to bottom. And then no more does there have to be a priest. Come on, if you've come out of the Catholic church, you know what I'm talking about. No more does there have to be a priest with a confessional who has to go to God on behalf of sinners. Because they're sinners themselves. So now I'm going to remove man from the process and give you direct access to the Father. And from this point on, I will turn the tables over on anybody that tries to go around the system that I put in place. The problem with the church today is that we have put in so many rules and so many barriers and so many things that have locked out so many people who've been trying to get to Jesus. Because you can't come to church if you got a hat on. Come on. I've grown up with it. I've heard it. I've seen it. How dare them disrespect the presence of God with a hat on their head. They can't come into church if their pants are sagging. How dare them disrespect the presence of God with their pants sagging. They can't come into church if they're pregnant and not married. You can't come to church because I heard you smoke weed. You can't come to church because you drink. You can't be in ministry because you've been divorced. Those are rules that Jesus never put in place. I know this is messing up some of your religion because this is grandma's teaching. But let me tell you something. They didn't get it from Jesus. It's called tradition. And this is the stuff that has kept the church, I believe, from exploding. Because we've been so caught up with tradition, and the tradition has caused the rules and regulation. And because of that, people on the outside have seen the church doors closed. But somebody say, open the doors. God does not care what you wear to church doesn't care how many songs you know, how many songs you don't know. God wants to know about your heart. And when God touches your heart and all that stuff you do is not godly, it will change. Stop judging people. You do not have a legal license. Come on. You've never been to the kingdom law center. Therefore, you do not have the right to judge. golf collapse, right? It's hard. <laughs> so I told you last week, you know, if somebody, somebody said, well, if you wear a suit, you'd get more respect. Remember I told you that you can leave and they need to go and they can go to a church that agrees with their personal theology. But if you're going to come to this church, we're going to keep it open for all kinds of people to show up. Listen, I stand firm and I'll say it. You know me, I will not move off of that. And if people say I'm leaving that church because of the people going there, then you need to understand anything that I lose, I never had anyway. If you lose anything because you told the truth, you needed to lose it. If anybody leaves you because you told the truth, you need to help them pack and pay for their flight so they can go further than they intended to go because you do not need them. Because sometimes the people God wants in your life cannot come into your life because of the people you presently have in your life. And there are no seats available for the one that God is going to send you to help to help you. So you've got to make room. And some of your life is too crowded tonight for God to send somebody to help you. And your life is too crowded with judgmental people. There are people who God wants to send to help you. But they're not going to spend a moment with people that you spend hours with. So I'm telling you, these church doors are open. Colossians 2.14 says, having canceled out the certificate of debt consisting of decrees against us, which was hostile to us, and he's taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. That means that all of these things that we have put in place that have blocked Jesus out of his own house, the Bible says he's nailed that to the cross. You see, when I was growing up in church, not in this house, but in some Christian circles, there could be no woman that could stand behind that podium. Couldn't happen. Women couldn't wear pants. And any time a woman had to share or speak, it would be a on the floor because you can't come on the platform. Not in this house again. But that's how many many places were. I have never seen Jesus or there's nothing in the Bible that I've ever seen that says Jesus preached from a podium. When Jesus preached, he got on a boat, went to the other side. Jesus preached, he stood up on a hill and preached to 5,000. Find me a pulpit. You never saw Jesus enter into the tabernacle of Moses, only the Holy Ghost. And then he turns around and tears the temple down. And now we got a problem because somebody has told us that this sanctuary is a temple. Because how dare you wear a hat in the temple? How dare you have your pants sagging in the temple? How dare you smell like that in the temple? How dare you look like that in the temple in the house of God? So now when we come to church, it's take your hat off because it's holy. Now we're in the church, shave before service so you are groomed and give your best to God. Doesn't the Bible say, come on, Acts 17, I will not dwell in temples that were made by hand. so we've been playing games for decades and generations trying to figure out in 2021 why the church has been so weak it's because the church has been standing at the door with the doors closed so if he will not dwell in the temple made by hands then how do we rectify that that this is a temple Because I know it was built by hand. I watched it go up. I can tell you there's wood all the way around this building. And there's insulation in the walls and in the ceiling. And we're standing on it. We were sitting on a cement slab. I watched this whole place go up. This is man-made. Now the new temple of God is your heart. He lives in our being. This is the new temple of God. Now, how do I know? Well, in the tabernacle, which was the movable temple, miracles took place even when men were not in it. We'll say that again. The tabernacle, which was the movable temple, miracles took place even when nobody was there. In my time here in this house, there has never been one miracle in this house unless we showed up for service. Unless we showed up, nothing has ever happened. And there is a generation of church people who think that because you're preaching, they can say anything to you. Come on. And they better be glad that I understand that because I give them grace. But the inside of me is like, bro, I just throat punched you. You don't even know it. I know you can't tell, but I, in my, I, you know, how you doing, brother? In my mind, I just knocked you out. But on the outside, I understand. But in my mind, I just whooped you up. But that was the old me yesterday. So so someone told me that they were offended when we started selling merch in the lobby. And the Bible says that my house shall be called a nation uh, 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 of all nations a house of prayer right and you're out there selling stuff now jesus they're out there selling stuff and jesus turned over the tables when these things were happening but let me help us because by the time jesus was born they were already selling animals inside the temple They were exchanging goods because the temple was the epicenter for commerce because they did not have Amazon and FedEx, right? So everything that they did was exchanged at the temple. The problem was that when people came into the temple to try to get to Jesus, they were prohibited by the people who were exchanging. He's not upset until the church gets in the way. Now watch, Acts 17, 24. The God who made the world and all things in it, since he is the Lord of heaven and earth, does not dwell in temples made with hands. Israel, when in the wilderness, has a tabernacle and it was mobile. They moved it from place to place as the temple of the Lord. 1 Corinthians three sixteen. Do you not know that you are a temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? So when God says he will not live in unclean temples, he's not talking about churches that sell hats and t-shirts in the lobby. He's talking about not living in people who refuse to forgive. Come on, holding grudges. I'm saved. I go to church and I can't figure out why I can never receive what pastor says. And I go home and I'm still mad at who I just saw in church because I'm holding grudges. He says, I won't live in sellouts. I won't live in people who don't know how to treat others. I won't live in people who are hateful and full of vengeance and have no regrets. The only thing that God can live in now is you. I know this is tough because... We were taught if anybody walked across the altar, it was sacrilegious. How dare that child walk across the the, the front of the stage and try to balance themselves. How disrespectful they are. What's wrong with those parents? I got to go say something to them and jerk that kid off the stage. And God forbid anybody move during prayer. All of a sudden, the Holy Ghost can't move because somebody moved, right? Servant leaders turn into the Black Panther. They're like, do we moving? <laughs> People won't close their eyes. What is that? Jesus didn't tell you you have to close your eyes to make your prayers work. He didn't say, if you don't, if you don't close your eyes, I'm not going to move. But in church, people, religious people will look at others who have their eyes open and say, oh, they are disrespectful to the presence of God. It's tradition. It's become something that we've done. But we're in such, you know, but then those same people who say that, they're in such a hurry to get to lunch that they miss a move of God because the clock might strike 12. And they don't want to get caught behind the church line to go to their favorite restaurant. Tell somebody, tell some, come on, come on. Tell somebody, are you getting salty? Ask them, say, are you getting salty right now? Come on, don't let your feelings get hurt. The church doors are open. Listen, people's feelings getting hurt because they build a whole religion around their own opinions and premises that don't have anything to do with the move of God. Nothing. And you've locked people out of the church because we have rules and regulations. I can hear Jesus saying, Satan? Let those people get in here with tats up to their their ears, holes from the gauges in their ears. Let them come in here with their hats on backwards. If they come in here smelling like alcohol, leave them alone because the only thing different is your sin doesn't smell. sin doesn't have an odor come on if your sin had an odor we'd smell it on you too but the problem is you forgot that god can smell anything come on tell somebody you stink too just tell them just go ahead and tell them right now you stink too come on i know i'm going i'm I'm going places i don't usually go but if somebody's got to put their little baptist finger in the air and shake it let them go it's okay I'm trying to keep the doors of the church open so that sinners can come in and Jesus can save the least of these so we can change the world. Come on somebody say help me change the world come on the world needs a church that is relevant and unwavering in faith the church needs somebody who can say I don't care what you look like what your past is I don't care where you are right now I don't care if you don't know the songs I don't care if you're coming here with your hat backwards or your hair parted or your hair is purple red green orange I don't care just get into the place where God can change your heart God can change your life and turn you inside out somebody shout hallelujah come on my god god came and gave us a backstage pass and we've become we've been the security at the door christians who won't let people have access to the backstage who've been given access by the one who made the stage come on this whole world is suffering because the church got in the way and while we get excited and dance and sing and shout I keep watching the news how this whole world is torn apart. There's wars and rumors of wars even within the confounds of your workplace. There's wars brewing right now called COVID-19. And we're seeing people declining. Listen, marching isn't changing anything. Protests aren't changing anything. Presidents aren't changing anything. And why is it that the only time we respond as the church is when Christians get hurt? I told you my shovel's about this big tonight. And we don't say nothing when Muslims get hurt. we don't say nothing when buddhists get hurt we say nothing nothing when people outside our own secluded community but we want the whole world to respond when something happens to christians just because somebody doesn't agree with your faith values doesn't mean you should not have a heart for them when they are in need or are in pain And when something happens in our community, regardless of who it happens to, we need to respond. So today, we found out that there is an event taking place downtown. I think it's on the 31st. There's food happening and all that. They said, no cops allowed. So I told my daughter, I said, call the Burlington Police Department and let them know we're sending them food on the 31st. Because we're going to represent something in contrast of the culture. And they were thrilled and said, thank you. That's amazing that you would think of us to do something like that. Listen, we ought to be upset with what is happening in Cuba. And you may not be Latino, but you ought to care about what's going on. And I know this might not be a popular statement with some people, but I do not prescribed to an America first philosophy because the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. That is a political statement. I know golf claps on that. It's okay. I believe that this nation has prospered and can prosper and should prosper, but we need to be examples to the rest of the nations because God has blessed this nation so well. We need to care about everybody, even outside our sphere. And see people saved in China. That people be saved in North Korea and South Korea and Africa. Even in Canada as jacked up as they are. Come on. All over this world. I've heard preachers say things like the doors of the church are open. And what that means is I'm preaching and you can come join me. But that's not what God meant. Listen, the doors of the church have not been shut since Jesus died on the cross and the veil was torn and the door was thrown open permanently and there's no more Jew or Gentile. The church doors have never been shut. The church has been in the way. Just because your preacher used to treat people differently at your Presbyterian church doesn't mean I've got to do it here. Let me say this for the purposes of who God is going to bring into this house for the next season, because I believe that your seat's going to be taken. I believe that God's going to fill this place up with saints and sinners. So don't hold on too tightly to your seat. But if you want me to, you know, I'm saying this for the sake of the next season we're about to go into, because if you want me to be just like your last pastor, then why are you here? Why should I be like somebody you left? God has called me to be who God has called me to be. And if religious people would get out of the way in churches around the world, somebody who's knocking at the door would come in and serve. You know, the reason churches have such a hard time getting people to serve is because they do a horrible job at evangelizing and reaching the lost. So the same old people inside the church are worn out and tired of doing the same old thing week after week, time after time, year after year. I'm preaching to myself, but I'm saying it anyway. Pastor, they're not holy. They, they they don't have resources, they got problems. Pastor, they still go to the club. I saw it on their Facebook page. But they feed the homeless. What have you done? They'll close the naked. They'll ask, how can I serve? Where can I help? You, Mr. Self-Righteous, haven't done jack since you've been here. Matter of fact, you've tied zero goose eggs since you've been here. But yet you think you're going to call them out? You see, a church that, does, that doesn't have all of these legalistic rules but doesn't move from speaking the truth of the word of God is the church that God's going to grow We can't be a church that makes a single mother feel bad because she didn't have children the traditional way. We all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And that single mother is no worse than a married couple that doesn't spend any time with their own children training and raising them in the things of the kingdom. No different. I'm so tired of it. I got people that email me and message me on social media. If you're watching tonight i love you anyway but let me say this you say you're my online pastor i don't have a church like this around me and so i watch i watch you the devil has tricked us because the word of god says do not forsake the assembling of the saints as is the habit of some so now they have a form of godliness and they're watching online but they don't get fellowship and somebody knows that watching online can't do it all. Like sitting next to somebody when you're going through and they reach over and love up on you and tell them, and you tell them everything's going to be all right. I got gotcha. you. I'm sorry, but you can't get that online. Because the Bible says that an idle mind is the devil's workshop. You see, now, how many of you just thought, oh, there's a, there's a kid running. Do you know when, when we got here, someone came up to my kids. They don't go here anymore. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. I'm just saying, y'all. I mean, some of the stuff that I prayed when we became senior pastor is get rid of the religiosity. Someone came up to us who had been going to this, year, this church for years. I remember them as a child when I was like this big. They said, Pastor, if you will tell your kids to stop, my boys, when we first moved here, if you'll tell your boys to stop running around the church, I'll take them out for ice cream. And I said... Okay, well, we take them out for ice cream. We, you know, we, we can do that. What's the problem? Well, I just don't think they should be running around the church. It, it, it's, you know, it, it, they, could, they could hurt somebody. You know, it's, it's kind of not, uh, uh, not good for people to see other children uh, running around like, you know, your kids running around like that. They have to set an example for the other kids. And I looked at him, and I said, you know what? I'm grateful for the kids running around because it shows me there's life in this house. I'm grateful for the screams and yells in church service because that tells me there's a generation getting the word of God and they don't even know it. Somebody say it's time to open the doors. So I'm asking you tonight to help me open the doors to this church so we have to knock the walls down and build a bigger building. Help me open the doors to the church so we can have a ministry directly for those who can't stop drinking. Help me open the doors to the church so we can have a ministry to people who have needles inside their veins. Help me open the doors to the church so we can take trucks in the neighborhoods and wash and fold clothes and give them toiletries and love up on the less fortunate. Help me open the doors of the church to young men and women who have been in jail so we can help them find jobs when they get out and learn skill sets help me open the doors so that whites and blacks and Jews and Gentiles can come together and we know we have our common goal and there's no division we need to see people coming in and asking what do I need to do to be saved help me open the doors to people who have children with autism they don't feel like they belong because we look at their children when they're making noise during church why won't their kid be quiet What's wrong with them? But maybe we should look at building a sensory oriented wing of the church where there can be a place where their children can learn about God like we did. And the truth is that children with autism who have outbursts in church are no different than what we're doing right now when we shout. No different. But if we can create an environment for them, they can do exactly what we are doing right now and be understood. We need a youth center so we can build something for our young people to come and enjoy being with one another in a safe environment and receive love and care and open up our arms and embrace them. We need to open the doors to the church so God can open up the windows of heaven for you and me. He wants to pour out blessings that we don't have room. Enough to receive. I love you. I'm praying for you. If you want to connect with us, you can check us out at Ignite Church, I G N I T E C H U R C H V T. Ignite Church from vt.com. Uh, You can find us on online uh, uh, at Facebook and Instagram as well, and YouTube. And uh, you can watch our services and get connected with everything that God is doing here at Ignite Church. I love you. Thank you for listening, and I'll catch you on the next episode of Shadowproof.